Hi, welcome to CIO Leadership Live. I hope everyone who's tuning in had a lovely Thanksgiving break last week. I'm your host, Mary Fran Johnson, CEO of Mary Fran Johnson Media and a contributing writer on CIO.com. Twice a month, we produce CIO Leadership Live with the generous support of my friends at CIO.com and also at the CIO Executive Council. We're streaming live to you right now on LinkedIn and our CIO channel on YouTube. And we welcome any and all of our viewers who are joining us for this conversation today to send in questions of your own. We'll be watching for those questions and doing our best to pass them along. My guest today, who I'm very pleased to welcome, is Tai Teshtepe. He is the Chief Information Officer of Cedar Fair Entertainment Company. Ty joined Cedar Fair, where having fun is such serious business, it's actually the ticker label on the New York Stock Exchange, FUN. And Ty joined them in a newly created role of Senior Vice President and CIO in September of 2021. Now, Cedar Fair is one of the largest regional amusement park and resort operators in the world, with annual revenues that hit a record $1.8 billion this year. Based in Sandusky, Ohio, this publicly traded partnership owns and operates 11 amusement parks, four outdoor water parks, 600 luxury RV sites and resort accommodations across the country, and they welcome 26 million guests a year. Before he joined Cedar Fair, Ty served as the Chief Information and Digital Officer for, for Altered State, which is a Tennessee-based fashion retailer. But prior to that, he was busy delivering large-scale digital transformation programs for global brands such as Universal Parks and Recreation, Hilton Hotels, and Walt Disney Parks and Resorts. And during his six years with Universal, Ty helped transform the digital guest experience, which is something we'll be talking a lot about today. And he did that with one of the largest technology investments in that company's history. Ty, welcome. It's great to have you here. Thank you, Mary Friend. Great to be with you. Well, I often start out with my 30,000-foot view question, but I cannot resist the temptation to just take us to the top of a Ferris wheel here. And let's talk about the entertainment and the amusement park industry, obviously knocked to its knees by our pandemic in 2020, but truly back to thriving this year with some of your sectors outpacing 2019 profits. Tell us about how the business is doing today and why it's doing so well. Yeah, we are doing well. Uh, we just finished our um, Halloween season, I would say haunt um, in our terms here. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's that was through the end of October. Uh, you would see it in our um, earnings report, uh, in our investor site, uh, the details about that. Mm -hmm. And now we are very much focused on um, our winter season. We call uh, winter fest season. Uh, many of our parks are participating in that, uh, in those festivities. Uh, and that'll take us through the end of the year. Okay. And drop a few names for us. For those of us, those of us whose kids may be grown up and we're not going to as many amusement parks anymore, what are some of the big brands in your lineup, all those 13 different resorts? Sure. We have very iconic brands. Um, 
Uh, as we would uh, like to say, we are a collection of brands uh, as opposed to a brand name like Cedar Fair. Yes. Uh, many of our uh, guests may recognize the names like Cedar Point mm-hmm. in Pendasky, Ohio. Uh, we have Knott's Berry Farm in Los Angeles. It's mm-hmm. another big name. Uh, we've got Kings Island in Cincinnati. Uh, those are some of the bigger ones that come to mind, but we've got... Um, Uh, eight other uh, theme Mm -hmm. parks, as you mentioned in your opening. Yes. Well, and in Toronto, it's Canada's Wonderland. That is correct. Canada's Wonderland is another big one. Um, Actually, I am based in Charlotte, uh, North Carolina, and we've got Carowinds uh, in our backyard here as well. Oh, that's neat. Well, I know I know we're going to talk about what it's like to be recruiting talent in Charlotte because that's a real hot spot in the whole southern part of the United States for technology talent. But before we get to that, I want to want to run back to September of 2021 when you were joining the company. The industry was still pretty much badly affected by the pandemic at that point. There was one report I saw that said park attendance in California alone was down like 80%. So coming into this very challenging, newly created role, tell us about the CEO's marching orders. What was what sort of technology miracles was he looking for you to bring about? Yeah, it was it, it was a quite challenging period the company went through and we weren't the only ones obviously Mm. um the park started opening in 2021 so by the time i joined Mm -hmm. um all the parks were open um at some capacity uh the marching orders for me were really i would say three things Uh, one of them was around stabilization let's make sure that what we've committed to gets delivered. Uh, we have a cadence of uh, rolling out our capabilities in one part to all the locations, mm-hmm. make sure the team was in a good spot. Uh, we focused a lot on the technology organization, uh, what I called it the unification of the organization, uh, meaning feel like you're one team, member of a one team kind of a notion. And then really the other thing I think we needed to focus on was improving the services we deliver. Outages, make sure the systems were running Mm -hmm. as expected. We are able to conduct uh, business, uh, manage all the transactions. Um, So those were, I would say, the three major focus areas for me. Okay. Well, and you'd mentioned when we talked earlier that the, over the years, as you said, you've acquired different parks and there's been different levels of technology, different tech models that were being used for all of them. Where are you now in that journey and how? what's the best way to explain what your IT support model looks like today? I know that there's, there's going to be data centers involved at different places. You've got a staff of about 100, I think you told me, and they are dispersed around. Yeah. So. Tell us about that, about the technology model, kind of as it is today and where it's heading. Sure. Uh, So the parks uh, go way back, right? Uh, We talk about Cedar Point. It just celebrated its 150th year anniversary. So really, really uh, iconic brands, uh, parks that have been around a long time. Mm -hmm. And as you can imagine, the investments over the years 
um, have been made, uh, but at different capacity, different levels, yeah. and primarily driven by, I would say, park-level investments. So we were looking at how do we get everyone pretty much along the same level, at, at least from an infrastructure perspective, <clears throat> technologies we deploy that, that can be shared and leveraged across all the parks. Mm -hmm. um, as I mentioned, uh, the three kind of focus areas for us when, when I joined, uh, one of them was really making sure that the parks were staffed appropriately, right? So there were some positions open for quite some time. So we filled some of those key gaps. Um, we've established a regional park leadership model that's somewhat mimicking our operations partners, how they are organized. Um, improving coverage by adding some key resources, making sure that we've got enough staff in each location mm -hmm. to meet the demands of our guests. Um, we also looked at the roles. You know, one part may have um, listed park roles in a different way than the other. So we wanted to take a look at that across the board, make sure that all the roles were standardized. Mm -hmm. We looked at compensation levels, make sure that our team members were appropriately um, compensated for the level of work they were doing. Mm -hmm. We went to more of a shared services model to meaning you might be actually in one park, but if there's a need in another park, mm -hmm. you might be providing support to that park as well. So think about uh, of it as one team again. Uh, yeah. You're not necessarily dedicated to one park, but you're part of a bigger collective, if you will. Mm -hmm. And I would say the level of urgency increased um, in terms of addressing some of the needs, challenges. And uh, we started looking at career growth opportunities and you know how do we um, provide the right level of opportunities for our team members. Mm -hmm. Well, and you'd mentioned too, you did a lot of, there was um, reorganization that went on and elevating some positions. What is the talk about the structure now? Is there a, a new area of, for instance, in business intelligence or data strategy that you created to help make all this happen? Sure. So um, if I were to break it down, we've got a leader who's focused on operations, infrastructure and security, part of that umbrella, if you will. Mm -hmm. Got a leader who's focused um on the application delivery and support uh, mm -hmm. side of things. Uh, we've got a leader who's focused primarily on our HR human capital systems, a um, lot of need in that space. Uh, we've recently added um, a new role, um, innovation, um, who's a leader who's focused on our innovation capabilities and in our roadmap there. Mm -hmm. recently added a leader who's going to be focused on the data uh, in particular, anything that has to do with data. And we have been beefing up our cybersecurity um, practice as well. And we've added a, a leader in that space too. Okay. Well, one of the things you'd mentioned to me when we talked earlier, you said you modeled the operations so that they could be supported on the tech side. Uh, that sounds like the kind of business and technology alignment that I talk about with CIOs in so many different industries. How does that, what does that look like in the, the resort and the entertainment industry? Were there any fundamental differences in that? And, and I guess I'm asking, what do you mean when you talk about the tech side being modeled with the operations in mind. Yeah. 
the primary drive driver for that was uh, uh, really making sure that we were following the same processes across each of our parks. Mm-hmm. So um, whatever we learn, um, best practice in one park, can we take it to the next park? Make mm-hmm. sure that we are doing things this similar way. Um, and again, it actually supports the model of shared service. So yes. if you feel like you're part of a bigger collective of resources, then you're able to support each park. You're not necessarily thinking this is the only space I need to be worried. Certainly you're dedicated to a park, but you can actually expand your coverage as needed to provide support to other locations as well. Well, that must have been a fairly notable and significant change in just the IT culture, uh, the organizational culture of the IT group itself. Um, To give us kind of a before and after comparison of what the tech culture felt like at at Cedar Fair when you arrived and what you're striving to have it feel like today. Well, I I will say today, I think the team is in a much better place. Uh, I think they feel like they have a voice. Uh, They are able to participate in the collective roadmap, whatever we uh, are signing up to do. They are part of that journey. Um, We've established certain practices, I will say, that um, makes us uh, hopefully uh, better in in our journey. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're doing things like... um, making sure uh, before we put anything into production, there's a review process. Um, Change advisory board, um, change review board, for example. Mm -hmm. We are taking a look at uh, our work as a portfolio, not just uh, individual little projects perhaps at each location, but Mm -hmm. a collective view of the the effort our teams are engaged in. And you tend to bubble up the bigger picture bigger focus areas under that portfolio view. Mm-hmm. Um, we've started doing things uh, around the uh, project management uh, as a best practice, looking at you know how do we keep track of things? How do we report uh, on those? How do we communicate mm-hmm. with our stakeholders? We're doing a lot more things on the delivery side that are perhaps a little different than what we used to do. Uh, taking on things like agile de- development delivery uh, practices, trying to get things into production much faster. Mm-hmm. I mean, it certainly helped that we've added a number of key resources to the organization so that we have the ability to do things a little faster. Mm-hmm. Um, we do have town halls. We have uh, regular meetings. Uh, uh, my leaders uh, have uh, weekly uh, management uh, team meetings. Mm-hmm. Um, I tend to go out to the parks on occasion and uh, meet with our teams at the parks. Mm-hmm. I've got my leadership meetings every week. Um, so we tend to communicate a lot more. Um, yeah. So that certainly is helping. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask you about the parks. Have you have you been to all of them? Have you been on every ride? No. <laughs> <laughs> That would, I, that would I, terrify me, actually. I don't like heights. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 you know, I don't know. If you, even though I'm in this industry for a long time, I'm not a big roller coaster person. <laughs> so it would take me a while to get on a roller coaster. Yeah. Um, to answer your question, I have been to, to many parks this summer, uh, but I have not completed my the full yeah. portfolio. I, I'm going to 
finish up next year uh, as we start to open up the parks again. Yes. Well, and do you have a, how what is the the spread of the IT group? Do you have a great number of them with you in the the Charlotte headquarters or I mean when you've got 13 properties and a little around 100 people in the IT group, are they small cells or there's some of them that are bigger than others? How's it how's it spread around right now? Sure. Uh, so each park has a dedicated team, naturally. So we have to have um, um, boots on the ground, as, as you would say. Um, yeah. We've got to have folks um, uh, to be able to respond to needs immediately. Mm -hmm. uh, then we do have a concentration between Charlotte area and I would say Sandusky uh, region. Cleveland area is another big mm -hmm. uh, group. Um, then we tend to look at our uh, park locations and try to bring resources closer to our parks. For example, I'd say Cincinnati is another one of those areas, uh, Kings Island Park, for yeah. example. We've got uh, a larger presence. But I, as we move forward, we are thinking more along the lines of Charlotte as a base, mm -hmm. continue to maintain the right level of uh, support, uh, especially in the Sandusky area, Cedar Point Park area. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, we are not as uh, um, focused on necessarily you have to be here. Uh, I think it helps uh, from uh, being in person in a work group. Mm -hmm. uh, that uh, exchange, so Charlotte and Sandusky tends to be that, but Mm -hmm. uh, we are also looking for specific skill sets and wherever we can get the right talent, we will be a bit more accommodating naturally. Yes. Well, and that's a great lead into my next question, because I wanted to ask about the great the the great resignation, the talent challenges that every CIO in every industry is dealing with. What has that been like for you and how much of the flexibility do you have today compared to, say, pre-pandemic? Yeah, uh, so we do have some flexibility. Uh, we have been fortunate enough to be able to fill in key roles and we're continuing to add to those uh, roles, um, whether it's park related or whether it's the corporate functions, if you will. Mm -hmm. uh, we are working very closely with our HR partners. Um, you know, we post them through our direct channels. We also leverage our third-party partners, whether they are staffing firms, search firms, uh, mm -hmm. to look for talent. Yeah, uh, We have been fortunate. Um, as you mentioned, I think in the beginning, Charlotte is a major hub. So we've got... Uh, um, quite a bit of talent pool. Um, again, we compete against uh, other companies who happen to be in this area. Mm -hmm. um, but um, uh, through all those channels that I mentioned, we have been um, fortunate to fill in some of these key roles. Yes. The Do you end up meeting with every new candidate that ends up joining the IT team um, with a team that I know in places like Universal and Disney, that was that would have been impossible. But I would imagine now you're a little more hands on the wheel. Well, I am not meeting with every candidate um, that we are hiring, but we def I definitely get involved in the more senior level roles uh, mm -hmm. as we add uh, to to our staff. Um, 
definitely I have visibility to uh, who we are adding to the team. So we do, we do have those conversations on a weekly basis. I have HR team as part of my leadership uh, meetings right. every week. And the first thing we do in that meeting is look at our open positions. Yes. You know, where are we? Are we uh, getting close to filling? What number of candidates we're getting? You know, where are they coming from? Internal, external? You know, what's the source? Uh, where are we in the interview process? So okay. I get a lot more visibility, not necessarily talking to every one of the candidates. Okay. Okay. Well, you just, you've got all those parks to visit and all those rides to try, right? <laughs> so much going on. Um, do you find that um, the uh, the associates that um, you work with on the business side of the company, that there's a closer relationship now, especially you mentioned doing more agile development. And I, I've always thought that the the best thing about the agile based teamwork is that it involves people from the business that are working side by side with the technologist. Is that is that a first time event that's happening now at Cedar Fair versus before you got there? And if so, what have you observed about how that affects morale and working relationships and so forth? Yeah, I think it's a journey. It's not a you know all of a sudden flip the you know switch and this is going to work this way. It is mm -hmm. uh, it is a new notion. Um, I think everyone uh, has a different way of absorbing the changes. Um, so we, as we introduce uh, ways of doing things in a different way, it's first our team. You know, how do we go about doing this? Yeah. You know, what's the what what is that model? What is my role in that model? Uh, you know, it's how many times a week do we do stand-ups? Um, mm -hmm. You know, what is the expected output outcome? So uh, we've got to do some level of internal training. Um, yes. But I would say many of the projects now we are engaged in, it's not an IT project. I you you would not find me usually the sponsor executive sponsor of a project it's usually a business leader who comes to the table with this is what i want to do this is why we want to do it this is what i expect from it and mm -hmm. uh, then we have the right assignments there's a, usually a business leader and a technology leader who are partners mm -hmm. uh charged with delivering that capability mm -hmm. and um, you know they figure out a way to work best among themselves I yes. got the right project managers assigned uh, to each one of those projects. So I think we are on a journey. I wouldn't say flip the switch and everything is working this way tomorrow, no. um, but we're, we're moving in the right direction. Yes. Well, I think it's always a big surprise to executives and to uh, their high ranking members of their teams when they discover how much the involvement is going to require them their time and their efforts. And I've had CIOs tell me that a lot of times the the initial opinion or the initial feeling on the business side is that, oh, Agile is going to be great. Everything will just get here faster. And, you know, there's not, and there's so much training and involvement uh, involved on the business side. I think that that comes as a little bit of a shock uh, yeah. to business folks. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say we are too far along on that journey. It's just mm -hmm. beginning of the journey. I don't want to give the wrong impression that we're firing on all cylinders. Right. Uh, right. It's more about learning it ourselves better mm -hmm. before we socialize the ways of working together in a different way. But mm -hmm. yeah, I think we've made really strong, good progress. 
over the last year in terms of how we engage and how we, you know, see the results of our work. Um, Well, and are there certain talent areas in IT that you uh, that you consider the most difficult to hire in? And how is your how how are you managing that? Well, I will tell you that any role has been a challenge to fill. It's not an easy it's not an easy process, especially I would say last year. Mm-hmm. Maybe things are gonna get better, as as you see some of the tech layoffs uh, you're hearing at the large companies. But mm-hmm. uh, uh, there's still a strong demand for any technology role in the marketplace. So, um, and we have been picky. It hasn't been a just hire the first person. I mean, we go through a rigorous uh, interview process uh, and um, want to make sure the uh, the individual is the right fit. The role is the right fit for the individual and the individual is right fit for the company. Yeah. Um, well, with, with that in mind, oh, I see we have a question from our um, alert audience that's watching today. And um, they're asking about, do you visit your team at your offices and how often? I think somebody wants a schedule of when you're going to be at the parks. <laughs> so how often do you get on the road? And in all fairness, you've been there for a little over a year. Yeah. So there's probably yeah. there's a lot on your to-do list, even for those visits. Yeah, I am mostly in Charlotte. Uh, and, and I would say secondarily, I am in Sandusky. I mm-hmm. probably took had more trips up to Sandusky, Ohio. Um, the other parks, um, a few trips to Knott's Berry Farm. Um, I have been to the other parks probably once this year, uh, mm-hmm. the ones I have been able to get out to. Uh, but I do want to get out there more often next year. Um, it's a balancing act. Again, I, I need to be in Charlotte a lot more than I probably need to be on the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, my leaders uh, are traveling quite a bit, as I mentioned, uh, regional leadership roles, they are on the road practically every week or every other week on, yes. on some at some park or another. Mm-hmm. They're meeting with their teams. Um, when I am not able to meet them in person, um, if they are having a, uh, what we call consistency meetings, for example, get getting the teams together, talk about how do we do things better yeah. uh, together. Um, if I can join them on video, I will do that. Um, so I look for those opportunities. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I'd love to get out there more often. It's just yeah. there was a lot to do in the first year, so I haven't been on the road as much. Well, and let's talk a little bit more about that first year. But from the tech strategy standpoint, what do you look back on now in twenty in twenty twenty two and some of twenty one that you were able to accomplish on the um, the digital business model front, or perhaps with mobile first design, what are what are some of the standout accomplishments for your team in the past year? Sure, um, uh, we have a, we have a long roadmap ahead of us, and we're doing mm-hmm. a lot of things. We're getting started on a lot of those things uh, as we speak. But if I look back, some of the things that our team has been able to deliver, I would say. Um, some of the big, big impact uh, activities. Uh, we completed uh, the rollout of our of a new uh, point of sale system. Uh, mm. We had started that journey before I even joined. Maybe the half of the parks were there. Mm-hmm. The second half of the parks, um, 
we we've completed that rollout. Uh, we revisited the first phase parks, make sure that everything was working as expected. You know, in our business transactions, the speed of transactions, accuracy of the transactions are very important, obviously. Yeah. Uh, we rolled out uh, cashless across all of our parks um, so that we're not taking cash anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, if you happen to bring cash, uh, we convert that into a card so that you use that card um, at each location. Yeah. Uh, that's, that took obviously some doing. Uh, we've expanded mobile food ordering at some locations. Um, I've looked. I was looking at uh, what we did at the end of last year and into this year. It's more about the human capital management. You know how mm-hmm. how we um, provide services to our um, associates, primarily HR team, mm-hmm. uh, in terms of hiring and retention. And you know, most of our work is done in our uh, HCM human capital management systems today. So, big picture uh, projects, I would say some of them are these that I just mentioned. But mm-hmm. every day there's work to be done in each of our parks, whether it's server replacement, infrastructure updates, Wi-Fi coverage enhancements, mm-hmm. um, access control. Um, so there are a lot of initiatives that go on. And and mm-hmm. I would also say there are a lot of work that is going on around refreshing of our applications, getting them ready for the next generation of yeah. capabilities, if you will. Well, and I know the um, one of the things you've done a lot of work on in the past when in other bigger resort companies has been around the the digital guest experience. And when, from what you know about, say, 2018 and 19, when guests were at the various parks, other is there anything beyond the cashless solutions and the use of the card that they might notice when they come to the parks? Yeah, I would say today, um, not a significant difference as of now, but if you were to look at us again within a year or two, I think you're going to see a lot more uh, capabilities. Mm -hmm. And I would say they are really focused on um, guests. Uh, We call them, you know, the guests collectively, but our internal versus external guests, our associates versus guests who visit our parks. Mm -hmm. I think you will see a collection of um, capabilities for both uh, groups. Yeah. Um, How the, the external guests, our customers engage with us, uh, do business with us, experience our parks are going to be significantly different. Mm-hmm. And how our associates do their work in the parks during their workday is going to be significantly different. So we are just starting that journey. And um, I would say uh, keep your eyes um, on our announcements and reports. And you know, I'm sure there's going to be a lot more to share as we move forward. Yes. Well, I think you mentioned, too, when we spoke that you have an, a, a mobile app for the associates that's getting ready. And the associates are the people that work for Cedar Fair and in the parks and so forth, and that that is getting ready to launch with a number of capabilities. That's in pilot phase right now. Yeah, we are doing some pilots now. Um, we are going to start to roll that out uh, in 23. I um, want to make sure that it is uh, delivering the capabilities that uh, we wanted to deliver in the right way. Um, okay. Um, so 
more to come on that. Uh, we'll have a lot more to share with our internal associates uh, down the road as well. Okay. And let's talk next about your data strategy. When we're talking about um, the enterprise data that you're using, it's a $1.8 billion business. You're running all these publicly public facing uh, resort parks and places. What are the big issues that have to be addressed in your data strategy and where are you in that journey? Yeah, data obviously is a big focus area for us. Um, mm -hmm. you know, we mentioned mobile, digital, certainly. But if I were to list uh, uh, in, in terms of importance, data is right up there. Um, Almost always because, has to be. Yeah, yeah. We we rely on data, and as we should. Um, uh, and we have been uh, working with all of our um, business uh, um, groups. Uh, I will call out especially business intelligence, for example. Um, we have been uh, uh, gathering data from our source systems into a central location, which happens to be in the cloud, mm -hmm. where our business intelligence team can take a look at the holistic data from all sources and make some business decisions based on you know, pricing, Are, do we have the right pricing? Do we have the right workforce uh, labor in place? Do we have the right products? Um, so that data exposed to all the business uh, departments um, drives a lot of business decisions. So that's a lot of, that's a big focus for us. Okay. Um, again, we're doing a lot of technical stuff along the way to make sure that we make that as efficient as possible. You know, data is consumed uh, as quickly as possible and uh, delivered to, so that we can uh, make some sense out of the data. Eventually, we'll take a look at ways to uh, add more intelligence to how we analyze the data. But uh, yeah. I, I think uh, our teams are doing a great job um, mining the data and then making sense of the data. Yeah. Well, and the, of course, the data and things like pricing decisions and how they're impacted by the data, that's always something that CEOs pay a lot of attention to, the kind of things that they talk about in the earnings reports and that sort of thing. Um, what uh, Do you have anything more you can tell us about the impact of the changes in how your data strategy and what it's done to pricing decisions, whether it's moved them in different directions, made them faster? Yeah, again, you know, kudos to our business intelligence team. Um, they are looking at pricing every day. Um, and um, and I would say the customers, our guests, are willing to pay uh, for the right product and the right experience. So mm -hmm. uh, they have been able to um, manage pricing decisions effectively. We've, um, we've made adjustments throughout the year as we saw fit. Um, you know, that's still an opportunity, um, uh, but really we're focused on not only that, but also delivering the right experience for our guests. Yes. Um, the next thing I wanted to ask you about, you mentioned the cloud, and I know you have data centers for the entire business. Are you heading toward something close to a hundred percent in the cloud or is there a certain number you're looking to what is your data centered cloud approach or strategy yeah i don't think we'll ever get to a hundred percent i would love to say yes we're at a hundred percent that's not going to happen um 
We do have a number of uh, data centers, uh, mm -hmm. I would say closer to our parks or at our parks. Um, now we are moving as many of our applications to the cloud as possible. And mm -hmm. some of it is driven by you know, vendor uh, uh, direction. So they may not be supporting uh, on-premise installations anymore. Mm -hmm. um, so, which is which is a good thing for us. I mean, we would rather um, shift that uh, responsibility from an infrastructure management perspective to our partners um, where we can, where it makes sense. Um, but we are not, uh, we don't have a specific goal in mind to say by end of next year, we've got to get to an 80%. It's more about an inflection point decision. Yes. Yeah. We've got some major decisions for next year uh, in terms of um, some of our bigger capabilities. Uh, mm -hmm. Where do we want to have those? Do we want to have them in our in the cloud or in our data center? So those are the decisions. You know, we we tend to look at on an individual basis. Okay. And what more can you tell us about going into 2023 and beyond about the strategic business technology priorities that are on your list? It's probably a slightly different list than it was a year and a half ago or a year and a couple of months ago when you joined. So what has moved up or down on and maybe it's not your priority list. Maybe it's the CEO and your priority list that I should be asking about. Yeah. Um, so we, we still talk a lot about stabilization, uh, which okay. means a lot of different things to a lot of different folks. Um, um, again, at the top of that list would be making sure that we deliver on our commitments on a timely basis, right? So mm -hmm. we said by Q1, we've got to get certain things out. We've got to make sure that those are done. Um, we have uh, historically had a lot of single location solutions, yeah. So we are expanding those to really cover, provide the coverage across all of our parks. Let's just do one way of maintenance across all of our parks, making sure we have visibility to inventory across the portfolio versus in a single location. So those are going to be a big focus area for us. Uh, infrastructure refresh. You know, as we think about our mobile journey or digital journey, you've got to have the infrastructure in place to support that uh, yeah. so that both our guests and associates can consume it, right? Mm -hmm. um, we are looking at a lot of the manual processes. How do we make them more automated and much more efficient? So there are a number of initiatives in that bucket. Um, mm -hmm. We talked about data. You know, How do we expand our leverage of data? How do we have uh, more touch points uh, in terms of um, doing more data-related projects to meet the needs of our business partners across any line of business. Um, cloud solutions, I think that's as the opportunity arises, we're going to be migrating a lot more into the cloud. And, and I will say the last, perhaps not the uh, least, but is the cybersecurity as a whole uh, domain. A lot more focus in that. Uh, we've got a huge roadmap ahead of us and we're mm -hmm. chipping along. Um, you know, we've got to continue to have a big focus in that space. Yeah. Now, from the many years that you spent at Universal and at Walt Disney and so forth, are there practices and approaches that 
you have right-sized to use at um, Cedar Fair, or are more of these just Tai Teshtepe's approach? Uh, how much has that have those previous experiences influenced the way you lead this new IT approach that you have underway now? Yeah, um, you know, there are a lot of things that are, I would say, in the category of blocking and tackling, you know, do the things that you need to do the right way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one of the first things we did was kind of, as I mentioned, the portfolio view, right? So mm -hmm. what are we working on? Uh, it has to be more than just a hallway conversation. Oh, can I do this? Can you do this? And then a month later, so where is it? Are you done yet? That shouldn't be the case. It is more about what are we collectively working on? Because there's always more demand that we can we can consume. So yes. um, we've got a portfolio management committee, senior leaders. Uh, we're asking our senior leaders again to be kind of the champion for each one of these initiatives so that they describe their priorities to their teams, making sure that it has the visibility. And then we've got the right focus in each one of those pillars. And, and how we looked at them, I will say is, you know, four different pillars as we think about these. First one I would say is run the business. Let's make sure that we are doing the things to run the trains on time, mm -hmm. uh, making sure we have the right investments in that category. The second thing is about core services, core infrastructure, yeah. anything to do, make sure that the parks are equipped the right way uh, mm -hmm. to support ongoing service delivery. The next category we focus on is around business enabling. The, yeah. the kind of cool things, the needed things that we have to do, there's a, either an efficiency play or a revenue opportunity that we support mm -hmm. the business doing those. And then the last category is about the digital experiences. What are we doing for our guests? What are some of the things that we need to yes. do? Improve their experiences, reduce friction, um, and, and hopefully drive uh, positive uh, business results for us. Okay. Well, and you had mentioned that uh, the probably the most important thing to guests is Wi-Fi access, because that has definitely become our world today, hasn't it? Where everywhere we go, we expect to have Wi-Fi access. Was that, how has that changed over the last year for Cedar Fair? Yeah, we, we honestly continue to make some investments to um, extend uh, current coverage levels in mm -hmm. each of our parks. So we have expanded coverage relying on our existing infrastructure. So uh, we are looking at um, doing a complete refresh over the next couple of years mm -hmm. of all of our parks. Uh, we yeah. are uh, working with some uh, potential partners, uh, trying to scope it and price it, and, mm -hmm. and uh, we'll start that journey next year. Um, and it's going to be, a, um, again, an exercise in getting everyone to the level that they need to be to be able to provide the services uh, we will rely on to deliver all these guest experiences. Mm -hmm. Well, and we have a question from our alert listening and watching audience here. Um, and it's, it's personal. It's how do you manage your work-life balance as the CIO of such a large organization? And what do you do for fun? Good we know question. it's not. We know it's not roller coasters. So I'm with you on that one. I love being in the parks. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it's just the experience <laughs> yeah. of being in the parks, seeing everyone having fun. That's mm -hmm. that's a great thing to see. 
Um, I get frankly energized uh, by the interactions I have with my team. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's still a, the reason I do the things that I do. Um, I have obviously uh, started to focus a lot more, a lot more on my health and exercise and mm -hmm. spend time with families. Certainly, pandemic uh, mm -hmm. brought certain priorities to the top. Um, so we've got to spend more time um, with with the loved ones. Um, I, I still play soccer um, uh, in a league. Uh, really? Uh, and, uh, yeah, and yeah. Uh, that, that has been a lifelong uh, mm -hmm. practice for me. I, I I tell people that's the only place I know exactly what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> it's fun. It's fun. But, but it's also a bit unpredictable, which may be why you enjoy being a CIO as well. That's, that may be the case. Because I know anytime when back in the olden days, when I used to just get in touch with CIOs by telephone, if yeah. we didn't even have a lot of mobiles, you know, back, say, 15, 20 years ago, you could always catch the CIO in very early in the morning. And I remember asking one of them one time, why are you always like the first people to arrive? And they said, well, because you have to find out what what happened that I need to fix. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. you're just trying to stay ahead of things. You know, you mentioned a little earlier uh, in our conversation here about one of the groups that you got started and that you added to the technology operation was uh, your innovation group. Yeah. And tell us about that, about the areas they explore, how it runs, where design thinking works into all this. Um, give us your innovation group rundown. Yeah, I, I will tell you, we are in the incubation phase of that. So it starts with the, with the idea uh, and then, you know, we'll continue to evolve that. Um, if it is a new idea, we tend to um, funnel it through that function these days. Mm -hmm. Let's let's let that be the touch point, initial touch point. Uh, if it is not an obvious home for some other function, let's make sure that at least it has the visibility to take a look at it. Mm -hmm. um, we look at it from a, okay, what are some of the opportunities that are going to either, again, going back to, is it a revenue opportunity? Is it an efficiency opportunity? Is this a guest uh, mm -hmm. uh, experience enhancement uh, opportunity? So we look at those kind of categories. Mm -hmm. uh, we've got a lot of partners now, vendor partners, who actually are um, – looking to partner with us in yes. terms of exploring some of these opportunities. So we work with a lot of different vendors. Uh, obviously, we consume a lot of services, not only in technology, but also park services, food and yeah. beverage, and you name it. So, And many of these partners are tech savvy. They, they may have yeah. some you know, innovation centers of their, you know, their company. So we do want to work with them to explore some of these opportunities that we can bring to market. Mm -hmm. um, so we look at those and how we think about that is let's just start small. Let's do a pilot in one location. Mm -hmm. And and honestly, you know, Carowinds and Charlotte might be a good location because a good portion of our resources are here, but that's mm -hmm. not always the case. Uh, we may right. have you know, some parks more in tune with specific technology needs and we, you know, try to pilot there. Once it becomes real in terms of it's viable, that becomes viable, then we will scale it up across the organization. 
but at least we started with that notion of let's let's take a look at the incoming demand and identify whether this is going to be a new thing for us or something that we already do. Right. Have any of those uh, pilots in this initial phase gotten to the point where you are scaling them up and or considering rolling them out? And without talking about specific companies, are there particular technologies where you're especially interested in their potential? Yeah, we are not at scale yet in many of these um, pilot efforts. It's a relatively new um, endeavor for us. Um, but uh, uh, we are also um, establishing some agreements with some of our third-party partners that we can kick these off early next year. Um, so as we as we think about new partnerships, new engagements with uh, larger uh, scale vendors, if you will, we are trying to bake into those agreements more of a innovative partnership opportunities. Okay, that sounds great. Um, let me see, you had mentioned, are there any other emerging tech trends that are just of greater interest to you? Maybe it's cryptocurrency, maybe blockchain, AI, machine learning. Um, you had mentioned at some point leveraging automated pricing solutions. Uh, what are the things that you as the CIO keep your own eye on, especially these days? Yeah, there, there, there's a lot of distraction out there. So I, I, I wouldn't okay. say we are focused on all of those things you mentioned. Uh, no. There was no that, way. That was and, my laundry list. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but I think in principle, I would say um, anything to do with better use of data. How do we okay. effectively leverage our data? Mm -hmm. How do we automate some of the, the work we do? Um, historically has been done manually, still continues to be done manually. How do we automate some of those? Mm -hmm. um, there are a lot of opportunities for us to take some friction out of the guest experience. So we're looking at those and um, there's no shortage of uh, vendors, solutions out there that will promise to solve your problems. I'm sure. Uh, yeah. we, we do look at them. We don't ignore them, but uh, mm -hmm. we are trying to uh, be picky about what fits, what doesn't fit. Uh, we mm -hmm. have some, uh, again, pilots, I would say, in play to look at better pricing. You know, How do we make better pricing decisions in certain areas? Um, and we are doing a lot of those with the, with the notion of let's do a pilot, let's mm -hmm. let's you know crawl walk before we run, um, but we are trying to expedite that uh, phasing uh, a bit faster, if you will, as opposed to a lot longer incubation period. Let's just do a pilot relatively quickly, and if we feel like this is going to stick, let's just expand it a bit more and then see how it goes. And that to uh, direct that effort, that's largely what your innovation group leader is in charge of and had the small team there. Yeah, I, that's the starting point. But uh, obviously, we're not the only ones who are going to need to be involved and engaged to mm -hmm. uh, to make that happen. Yeah, uh, The ideas come from all sorts of areas and some of our um, you know associates and uh, certain business units uh, may be much more in tune because they experience it on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah. They realize that we need to address this thing. So uh, they may be the champions on, of how we want to move forward with this and they may already have a solution in mind. So 
<laughs> connecting those dots, you know, with the technology team. And it's not just the innovation group, it's the, you right. know, all of our areas, whether it's our operations, infrastructure, security, um, you know, mm -hmm. application teams, they all need to come together in some form or fashion to be able to yeah. deliver the solution. Well, and, and listening to you respond to that question, I couldn't help but think of, a, it's probably not so much of a factor anymore, but years ago, we used to refer to the airline magazine syndrome, where the CEO would be on an airplane and he'd be reading and there was a cover in Business Week. And it was like, you know, the business press had maybe just discovered, oh, data center optimization, or I'm mean, probably not anything quite that technical, but they would come back and they'd say, hey, how come we're not doing this? Uh, do, you, yeah. do you find that having an innovation group encourages more of that or is it a better way to handle it? You, you know, there's, again, I would say there's no shortage of ideas coming from any any direction, um, mm -hmm. whether you have a in-flight magazine or not. Uh, mm -hmm. you know, we all get emails, uh, unsolicited emails and calls. And, yeah. Uh, um, and I would say the individual uh, person or department closer to the challenge they're experiencing are usually the ones uh, bubble up, bubbling up the idea of here's mm -hmm. an opportunity or, or a need we need to address. Right. Um, so and it can come to any one of us. It's not just an individual person. So we we tend to hear about these things in many of our regular weekly daily mm -hmm. meetings oh we want to be able to do that okay let's put it through the funnel make sure that it you know passes some level of due diligence before we put major resources against it mm -hmm. exactly well let us let's wrap up today with um just a, a little a few finishing notes about what the pandemic and working through it through a company coming back to success and profits again, what has that taught you or changed about your particular leadership style? I, I would say uh, it probably um, emphasized a few things that I should be paying more attention to. Um, okay. I, I would say empathy, listening more, mm -hmm. perhaps, uh, right? Um, being more accommodating, um, providing support as needed. I think everyone's uh, needs differed. So we wanted to be a bit more accommodating, listen with more empathy, I would say. Um, another thing that I've always uh, felt uh, was important for me, uh, it was more about empowering our staff to be mm -hmm. really involved in the work that they do, the purpose of the work, the, the reason we do things, making sure that they are aware of those and, and communicate that so they are empowered to do uh, what we're asking them to do. Mm -hmm. um, communicating more frequently. When we were separate, away from each other, we, we had to find ways to communicate in different ways. Yeah, I mean, today we, we talk among ourselves between email, texting, phone calls, Teams, chat rooms, you name it. I mean, there are so many different ways that we communicate. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and we really learned to do things in a remote world. I mean, we, mm -hmm. we, we found out that we could actually do things in a remote fashion, which yes. was a good thing uh, for us. Um, so those are, I, I would say those are the things that uh, came to the surface for me. Mm -hmm. That's great. Well, and final thing for any 
of the great technologists out there that may be watching this, why what what may what would make them come to work for you at Cedar Fair Entertainment? Why would it be? Why would that be a fun move for them? Yeah, uh, we are a fun place. First of all, <laughs> our, as you mentioned, our Your business is fun. symbol yeah. is fun. Mm -hmm. uh, we've got the fun mug. Uh, <laughs> Good. There you uh, go. Uh, you know, we've got a lot of great parks um, and, and our operations teams do an amazing job to take care of our guests and our associates. Um, mm -hmm. um, we, uh, as I mentioned, we are doing exciting work. Um, mm -hmm. I think a lot of uh, momentum behind us and uh, a lot of opportunity ahead of us. We've got really key roles to fill. Um and uh, we are making the right investments to drive our business forward. So, mm -hmm. and everything we do has a technology in it. So there's no way you can yes. exclude technology in, in our day-to-day <clears throat> -day work these days. So there's significant opportunity to accomplish great things here. And uh, as I also mentioned, we focus on the growth of our team members. So they will realize that there's plenty of opportunity to, to learn, to grow, whether it's upward movement, lateral movement, movement different experiences. Uh, mm -hmm. um, and, and I feel like we are moving forward as one team. So yeah. that, those are all probably the reasons and probably many more reasons as to why you should join us. Okay. Well, that's great. It sounds like you have as many moving parts going on in the IT organization as you do at all your parks. So yes, exactly. you'll just you'll just keep up that good work, I'm sure. Thanks so much for joining me today, Ty. It was really it was so enlightening to learn about your business, and it's been a real pleasure having you here. So thank you. Thank you very much, Mary Friend. Uh, appreciate being with you. Okay, and if you joined us a little bit late today, do not despair. You can watch the full episode of my conversation with Ty Tashtepe here, both on CIO.com and on CIO's YouTube channel. CIO Leadership Live is available also as an audio podcast wherever you find your podcasts. And we look forward to seeing you for our next Leadership Live with CIO Gary Jeter of Truestone Financial. We'll be back in the middle of December on Wednesday, December 14th at noon Eastern. And we do, we both thank you for joining us today and urge you to take a moment to subscribe to CIO's YouTube channel so you won't have to miss any of the previous or upcoming episodes of CIO Leadership Live. Stay well, enjoy your holidays, and we'll see you back here next time. Thanks.